What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the UConn Hockey Podcast. My name is Matthew, and I'm obviously with my co-host, Chris, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow us on social media, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter, at UConn Hockey Pod, and also make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review, and follow us on Spotify as well. Doing these things helps the podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I would truly appreciate it if you did those things, especially since this UConn hockey team is probably gaining some more fans this season based on the success that they're having. So uh, anyway, let's kind of discuss this week. This past week, obviously, UConn only played one game against Boston College on Thursday, and then they have a weekend series coming up against Maine as they play as a home-and-home, I think is what it's called, right, if it's two home games? Um, No, they play one there and one here. So this is a home series. So a home series against Maine Friday at the XL Center at 7 o'clock and then Saturday again at the XL Center at 4 p.m. So two interesting games, but really looking forward to watching them play. But before we get into talking about that series, let's just talk about the week that was and the game that happened last Thursday against BC. Uh, Chris, what were your overall thoughts on this game against uh, Boston College? I think they came out. It looks like they felt like they struggled a little bit, or that it was a little, you know, slow. Um, you know, certainly BC took the early one nothing lead, and UConn was able to tie it. But um, let's face it. I mean, going into the third, it was one one, uh, and then with about you know UConn, you know, broke through with that goal to make it two one with. Uh, um, I forgot who came Shandor. out of Shandor came out of the box and and you know no it wasn't Shandor scored the two one goal Reese came out of the box there you go all right so your memory's better than mine uh, but anyway once it you know got two one they kind of broke it open there with the last in the last four minutes to make it five one so uh, they obviously finished strong um, I I would like to see them come out and be a little bit stronger in that first period I feel uh, it feels like the last couple of games between BC and BU um, you know that Saturday night loss that uh, you know maybe they came out a little bit slow not uh, not quite ready so um, like to see what what happens this weekend you know, I think you tweeted today it's you know the, UConn being number eight it, they're not sneaking up on anybody anymore and they'll definitely have a target on their back and teams are going to come wanting to knock them off so they got to be prepared right from the drop of the puck yeah I had sort of similar feelings to you about this game I thought it was a resilient win, similar to the one that they had against Union a couple of weeks ago. But my honestly, I thought BC was sort of the better team throughout most of this game. I just thought UConn capitalized on the opportunities that they had, and Boston College didn't, and that was sort of the difference in this game. And then obviously, late in the third period, just a goal-scoring goal spree happened to make the score not really reflect how close this game actually was. Uh, I think... The, I think the the key sequence that I think about when I think about last Thursday's game was when BC had the five on three and couldn't capitalize. And then I think that's when Reese came out of the box to score that goal. And I feel like that sort of turned the tide for UConn in this game and sort of got UConn back in the swing of things. But it was, I think this, the my biggest takeaway from this game was really just, I feel like if this was a few years ago, UConn would have lost that game. But the fact that they hung in there, found a way to win it, is just shows what makes this team different from maybe teams in the past. Right. Not everyone's going to be pretty, and I think you just said it perfectly. It's like you know they found a way to win, and that's what good teams do because you know sometimes you don't have great nights, or sometimes you don't have a you know full sixty minutes or something, and yet they found a way to win. So, but uh, again, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see them come right out, uh, right out against Maine, set the tone. 
and sort of send a message to Maine that, you know, that, uh, that they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be taken for granted. So uh, let's see what they do. Now let's talk about some of our positives from last Thursday's game. The biggest one for me was Logan Turnus and that I thought he played so well. And he's really starting, in my opinion, to sort of distinguish himself as the starter. I feel like that game sort of showed like why I think that game showed to me why Turnus should be the starter. Obviously, they're still going to probably rotate throughout the next few series um, in November, but I'm interested to see like what the what the decisions they make in net because I thought Turnus played very well, and I feel like the team plays well when when Turnus is in net. But he made some good saves, especially in the first period. I think there was one uh, on an odd man rush where he made a great left pad save, and then there was another one late in the period when Nestorenko had a breakaway and he made a fantastic stop, and that was a key sequence in that game because he really kept UConn in a lot of. He really kept UConn in this game, especially like on those power play chances that BC had. And then BC had a sequence in early in the third period where they just had so much zone time in, in the in the UConn's defensive zone. And Turnus hung in there and made the key saves, and luckily the defense found a way to break the puck out eventually. Yeah, I think that was my sense watching the game, is that it, it certainly felt like Turnus was starting to um, assert himself uh, a little bit here as you know potentially being the starting goalie. So I'll, I'll be interested this weekend. I know you think that they may still go uh, back and forth a little bit, but um, let's see what happens this weekend. I, I I think you're probably right. I think they will probably spit, split, but I wouldn't be surprised if Turnus gets both starts. Um, I could see, you know, maybe they start to make the decision that Turnus is their guy and we'll know. I mean, we'll, we'll know if he starts that, you know, if he starts that second game on Saturday, then I think that sort of tells us that right now they feel like he might be there. He might be their guy down the stretch, but you know, probably not, but, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I think it's still so early in the season for them to make that decision. That's why I feel like they're not going to do that. But I think the five game stretch, I don't want to look too far ahead when they play Providence, Lowell, and Cornell, obviously, at Madison Square Garden. I think Sergeyev, depending on how he plays, will really determine whether he gets more starts after the first half of the season, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, again, I, like I said, we felt like he, you know, uh, you know, can't state enough. It felt like Turnus was asserting himself as the, the lead goalie, but we'll see what happens on Friday and Saturday. Now, another thing that impressed me with this game was, like I said, the resiliency of this UConn team. I feel like they've had a couple of resilient wins uh, so far this season, and that's sort of what, at least in my opinion, like I said before, makes this team different than teams in the past. But just capitalizing on goal-scoring chances, because I remember talking to you about this after the game. I really couldn't think of any like big goal-scoring chance that UConn had really in this game that was saved by Benson. Maybe the one in the first period where Benson started to sprawl across the crease and make like his leg pad save. But besides that, I couldn't really think of too many goal-scoring opportunities that UConn had that weren't didn't weren't and didn't end up as goals. And obviously, you know, they had the chance with Shandor, which was sort of a weird goal where he just turned around and shot the puck top shelf. And then obviously Reese with his breakaway chance. It felt like every time they got a goal-scoring opportunity, they took advantage of it, which was good to see um, because I think that's going to be beneficial because they're not going to dominate every single game, but for them to take advantage of those goal-scoring opportunities that they do get, it will be crucial for the success that they have uh, throughout the first half and rest of the season. Yeah, I, um, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you on that. I'm, uh, um, I'm interested to, you know, this is gonna this this month's gonna tell us a lot. This month is gonna tell us a lot. I think about where where we're going. Now, another positive I thought from this UConn team was its defense. I really was impressed by a lot of 
the defenseman in this game, specifically Harrison Reese. I know he scored that power play goal, but I've also been impressed with him in the penalty kill as well. Roman Canal had a good game. I know we talked about last week how he sort of struggled last Saturday, but he really redeemed himself, getting himself two assists in last Thursday's game, and obviously he's a great leader for this team. And then I also like Thomas Messino as well. I thought he played very well in this game, and he obviously got his first point as well. And I feel like we talked about this in the preseason, how UConn's defense was sort of going to be their strength of their team since they're returning so many key players and I feel like Lucas has gotten a lot of credit and deservedly so but I feel like sort of the other pieces of this defensive core really stepped up in tonight uh, last Thursday's win yeah I think you know as you get later into the season here you know guys are starting to feel more comfortable starting to you know know how the other people play and starting to gel so um you know this that's what you want to see you want to see the team start coming together the more games they play the deeper you go into the season so um yeah I, I you know I think I think you're right in terms of how they're starting to come together a little bit now another thing we do have to talk about from last Thursday's game is Samu Solomon made his debut um Couch Cav said in an interview after the game that he thought he played great but if we're being completely honest you can't take sometimes you can't take coaches comments post game too seriously because I feel like they can't really be critical at least in college hockey but I, th- I thought Samu, he wasn't really that noticeable out there. It was just good to see him out. I feel like once he starts getting a few games under his belt, he will st- sort of be a key part of this team. I didn't really expect too much from him in this game, but it was just nice to see him out there. But he really didn't do much, in my opinion, in last week's game. Yeah, I mean, I take the coach's comments to be like that he did exactly what they expected him to do. I don't think they expect him to do too much. My guess is they you know, were pretty selective on his ice time and really more anything else just to sort of get used to the flow get used to you know playing uh you know playing over here playing in a college game so uh you know I, to me i understand about Cavs comment but i feel like he was you know that that you know he said those comments because i think they you know that that samu did exactly what they were hoping him to do uh which is you know just sort of get into the flow of the game get used to being you know with his team i'm sure they're going to try to figure out what line you know he might eventually end up on so I wouldn't be surprised if you see him playing with some different line mates or if they aren't trying to, you know, have him do some different line combinations during practice to sort of see where he, you know, where he's going to fit in. But, um, hey, you know, it was a plus one for the uh, for the game, so not bad for your first game. Definitely not, especially since Ty Monty was hurt. And I feel like I want to touch on that as well because I felt like you missed his presence a little bit in this game in my opinion, but I really felt like two players that really stepped up, Tabor Heaslip and Jake Percival, two freshmen that sort of got bigger roles in this game, and I think that's important uh, for some of the younger players to start to start seeing a little bit bigger roles just because you're gonna, you might need to rely upon them later in the season if injuries do occur, and I think Percival has been such an underrated part of this team. He, I feel like he no one really talks about him enough, but he always finds a way to score um, dirty goals, and I've just been very impressed with him, and I think Heaslip has been good as well. He's a nice little player, so I've really liked this. I like. I think it was good to see both of them in bigger roles and really excel in those roles. And I've been impressed with those two freshmen so far, especially in the bottom of the lineup. And it's going to be interesting to see when Ty Amante does come back, how the lineups work. And I feel like we're going to see that this weekend because I assume Amante's probably going to play this weekend. Yeah, it's certainly good that you know guys are getting opportunities and taking um, you know making the most of them when they have a chance to play. Uh, I would imagine that as the season goes on and if you know guys are healthy you're going to sort of see a, a certain particular rotation and, and it's going to be more difficult for certain guys to get in. So, um, you know, early in the season when, you know, when you do get that opportunity, you know, certainly the guys you mentioned are making the most of it. And 
we'll see, you know, like I said, as we see how this season, you know, gets deeper into the season, I would, you know, I would suspect that, you know, uh, barring injuries that, that you'll start to see uh, a pretty sort of uh, solid and consistent, um, you know, rotation amongst your D and, you know, three lines. I think the mo- thing I'm most interested in seeing, honestly, is the extra skater because I feel like most of the guys that w- have been in the lineup will stay. It's been mostly that extra skater position that's sort of been the rotation that I feel like Cavs been going with. He's went with Jack Pascucci last couple of weekends. Uh, last week, last week's game, he went with Ryan Tattle. Uh, he went with Jake Black earlier in the season as well. And I feel like Pascucci, I mentioned before, I thought really excelled in the extra skater role as the defenseman. But I feel like I, we got to give Ryan Tattle a shout out too because I thought he played well. There was one play in particular where he won a puck battle in the neutral zone and got a good zone break in. And that's the, that's the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. But I just really want to give him a shout out for that because I thought he really excelled in the extra skater role last Thursday. And I also feel like that's sort of a role that's underappreciated because if an injury happens or if there's a certain situation, you need to throw the extra skater in there. And I'm just interested to see what happens with that position when since Sam moves back and since Ty Monty's probably going to play this weekend. Um, I, you know, I, I maybe I'm repeating myself here a little bit. I I um I would think that uh, you know, some of that is going to be dependent upon like what teams they're playing. So. Uh, you know, the extra skater, you know, depending upon, I think, the team you play. Is it a, you know, do you skate an extra D? Do you bring an extra forward? Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, we'll see as the, you know, as the season goes on. But I, I would I would expect that, you know, that that, you know, that extra skater is probably going to change, you know, depending upon the opponent. Maybe I'm wrong, but I but that's how I feel. Yeah, that's probably, you're probably right on that. But just something to look out for, obviously. Now, we do got to get into some of the negatives in this game because, like I said, even though the score was 5-1, to one, it really didn't reflect how close the game was. And the biggest negative that I did have in this game was the zone breakouts. I feel like this has sort of been an issue with the team throughout most of the beginning part of the season. And in this game, it really showed because I felt like UConn really struggled to break the puck out of their zone, and BC got a lot of offensive opportunities because of it. Yeah, and, you know, you wonder if other teams are scouting him, and that's one of the things they see is that if you, you know, aggressive on the forecheck, uh, you know, that, you know, that uh, that UConn maybe has had some difficulty, you know, with their zone transition. So, um, you know, I would suspect that, that they're aware of it, that they're going to, you know, sort of, you know, practice their zone breakouts a little bit more. Certainly, you know, having a guy like Lucas helps who can, you know, skate the puck up a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'd imagine that's something that, you know, teams as they watch tape, you know, that, that they're taking notice of and, you know, they're going to continue to, to put, you know, maybe put a heavy forecheck or an aggressive forecheck on. And, you know, UConn's going to have to adjust and find ways to have, you know, better zone breakouts, whether it's, you know, trying to skate it out or better passes out of their own zone. So, um, you know, and that's where, you know, the, the coaches are going to, you know, going to sort of have to, to draw it up and, and, you know, take what they have and, and find a way to, uh, you know, to make, uh, you know, make them a little bit better in that aspect of the game. And another thing I want to mention is because uh, for a negative is the first periods for UConn because like you mentioned the last two games I felt like they've had sort of poor first periods that where they sort of got outplayed. I know Coach Cav said in a press conference that he doesn't want to exemplify having just a good first period. He says we should be trying to have a good first period, second period, and third period. And I do agree with him on that, but. At the same time, I think it's important to get off to a good start because you don't want to be chasing a lead. And luckily, it hasn't really killed them too much this season, but I felt like in this game it could have done that if, uh, obviously, things if a, a puck bounced the wrong way or something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you, obviously there's going to be games where maybe that happens. You just don't want to become a habit. You don't want to be the team that sort of has a slow first period because I agree. I think if you, you know, if you come out slow, you don't want to be chasing the lead. You don't want to be, uh, you know, you want to be setting the pace and having the other team try to catch you versus the other way around. So, um, you know, I, last two games, you know, you sort of notice it. We'll see what happens on on Friday against Maine. Again, I, you know, the, the thing is, you know, you're going to be getting teams. The teams are be giving, giving you their best effort, you know, every night. You're number eight in the country now. There's no, uh, nobody is, uh, you're, you know, nobody is surprised by you anymore. And you've now become a date on a team schedule that they circle. So you got to be ready. Um, you got to be ready. You can't, you can't come out slow because, t- you know, teams that are coming in or teams we are going on the road, they're going to be ready for you and they're going to be hyped to play you. And then the last sort of negative I want to touch on is the penalties that UConn's been taking. Now, you, obviously, you can argue that the ref, refereeing in this the past few games hasn't been the best, but I'm not a guy that's sort of like, oh, the refs suck guy, because I really think they do a good job for the most part, and I'm not going to sit here and criticize the ref. The only game I really had a problem with the refereeing was um, the Ohio State game that, uh, a couple of Fridays ago. I just think it's a starting to be a bad habit, some of the penalties that this UConn team takes. I felt like BC, if they capitalized on one of those power play opportunities that they had, who knows what would have the score would have been like in this game. And it's sort of, it's starting to, that, I know you said you don't want the first bad first period to be a habit for this team. I'm feeling like the penalties that they're taking are starting to become a bad habit. I understand you're going to take penalties in a game, but when you're taking five penalties or six penalties a game, and when you're giving teams five on threes, it's starting, It that's just a habit you can't have. And I know Coach Cav will try to like sort of like, not make it seem like a big deal but to me as a fan it's starting to become a big deal and it's that frustrates me as a fan it's like stop making dumb decisions that are leading to penalties for the uh, power plays for the other team yeah and i don't know if it's because you know you're you're out of position and so you're trying to make up and and you're or you're trying to overcompensate for something and you know um look they, they did they took a, i'm trying to see how many um how many penalty minutes there or how many penalty minutes there were in that game but it sure did feel like a lot and you're right if if bc you know, BC hits on one or two of those, you know, potentially we're talking a different game. You know, you're potentially down three, one and now trying to chase it. And, and I, there's, there's very few times it's good to take a penalty and, you know, have it be on a power play. So, you know, the refs are going to call the games the way they're going to call the games. You have to adjust, you have to be ready for it. And um, you got to find a way to stay out of the box because that's going to catch up to you at some point. But overall, a great game last Thursday. Whenever you get the win, it's always a great game. And even though, like I said, the score didn't really reflect um, how close the game actually was, it was still good to see UConn get um, a win like that against a team like BC. Obviously, BC isn't what they were kind of in the past, but they're still a tough opponent nonetheless with the players that they have. And, And what impressed me most about sort of this game was how UConn didn't really quit in the third period. Obviously, they had that goal scoring spree at the end of the third, and I think people sort of look like look at that. It's not really a big deal, but I think it was a big deal. It was cool to see like that twer- a Percival score where you just didn't give up on the play and sort of poked the puck in the net. Daw finally getting his first goal of the year, which I think is big for him. And obviously, again, the empty netter. Like I just think it was just good to see like this team like not giving up on the game and finding a way to get the win because obviously they could have been content and just got the 2-1 victory, but they're like, nope, we're going to score more goals and we're going to help ourselves out and really showed that we're a team not to be messed with, which, it, I, which was probably my favorite part of the game overall. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe we're nitpicking here a little bit. I mean, it's been a really the team's been very good. I was, so that was a positive take. I don't know that I'll kind of, I'll consider no, I, that nitpicking. I guess I'm going back from before where I feel like it. You know, maybe I've been nitpicking here a little bit. I mean, I was just looking at the some of the the, the box scores, and you know, un- ironically enough, uh, you know, both teams had five uh, five power play chances. Um, so ten minutes ten minutes of penalties on each team. Sure did feel like UConn had more, but um, you know, but BC obviously capitalized on their uh, on one of their chances. Um, the one thing that, you know, just looking at it that, you know, again, this is where I think, you know, UConn's really good defensively. So if you're going through the box score, uh, you know, one guy I never didn't really notice cutter Gauthier didn't notice him at all. I mean, had, you know, a couple of things, but UConn pretty much shut him out. He was a minus three and only had, uh, two shots on goal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and he's what, he was the number five pick last year. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I didn't notice him. I didn't notice him at all. And so, you know, Credit to, to UConn's defense for sort of, you know, taking him who was, you know, the guy who was probably, you know, you could argue is one of the, you know, one or two best players, you know, supposedly on the ice that night. And UConn pretty much took him out of the game. So, uh, you know, again, it's it's hard to, you know, I, I, it's hard to sort of, you know, be too picky about it because uh, they, they did a great job. Yeah, I think maybe BC's power plays were so crucial for the reason why they lost in this game, where maybe that's sort of why we focused on it. Because, like I said, that five on three, when they couldn't convert on that, that feel like that sort of switched momentum towards UConn's advantage. So maybe that's sort of why we think that way. But regardless, obviously it is an epic, but I still think you need to try to avoid that stuff. Um, Especially because if you're going to be playing a team like UMass, they're going to score on some of those power play opportunities. So that's sort of like what you want to focus on later in the season. Yes. I mean, obviously, that goes without saying. And did what any thoughts on the late third period goal surge? Because I was just curious if you had any thoughts about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I, you know, I may have said that before is that, you know, they're obviously resilient. And I think you had said it too that, you know, if this were last year, you know, that you just get the feeling that they, they, they would have maybe, you know, lost the game, that they would have just, uh, you know, they just would have not been able to sort of push through. This year feels a lot different. And it's pretty good too because it's a it's a younger team. So um, I, you know you got to feel good about it. You got to feel good about you know the fact that they you know again good teams find ways to win because you're not always going to be on your game night after night. So if if you find a way to win and that's what they're doing right now. Now the number eight UConn men's hockey team who just got a first place vote by the way we should mention that is taking on Maine in a home series this weekend. Obviously, Maine is near the bottom of the standings right now, if I'm not mistaken, or one of the near the bottom of the standings. I'm trying to check their record right now. Yeah, they actually think they're 0-1-1. So in Hockey East, they're 0-1-1, but they're two, they have two wins overall this season. And obviously, so they're 2-4-1 overall this season and are 0-1-1 in Hockey East this year. And this is a team not to take lightly at all because they got a win against a top 10 team against Quinnipiac a couple weekends ago. And then they beat Northeastern in a shootout last uh, last weekend as well. And they only lost to Denver 3-1 to earlier in the season as well. This is a hardworking team. I won't be, like I've said before in many occasions, I think this main team is going to be a contender in the next few years with the coaching staff that they have. So I think this is not going to be an easy series for this UConn team. I think it's going to be a gritty, grindy series, and UConn's going to have to do what they did last Thursday and sort of find a way to be resilient and get a win out of this series. I don't think it's going to be easy for any stretch. I think there's a lot of people that might look past this series and look at the five-game stretch that UConn has ahead of them, but they can't do that because this main team is, I think, could be one of the more underrated teams in Hockey East. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough. There's, you know, again teams are looking at UConn you're sitting at the top of the standings so 
they're going to come in and they're going to be you know ready to go. And so you better be ready to go. Um, uh, you know, it's a good, it's going to be a good test for them. I think, uh, you know, Maine is a, is a, like you said, is a pretty gritty team. Um, they've played hard in, uh, in, I think in a lot of their games. So, um, I think it's going to be a good series. I don't think it's going to be, I think a lot of people, like you said, maybe are looking past it. Uh, I, I hope not, but I think it's going to be a good series. Best jerseys in college hockey. I need to add that. I love the Maine road jerseys. I think they're some of the best, but let's take a look at some of the players to look out for from Maine. And they're, they have two guys who are tied with the most points in the team, a defenseman and a forward. Uh, the best player, though, to look out for, for, in my opinion, is Ben Poisson. In seven games this year, he has a goal four and four assists for five points. I really like this game a lot. He's a very shifty player. Obviously, they have a guy named Brandon Holt, who is a freshman defenseman, and he already has five points this season, which I think is pretty impressive. Obviously, Donovan Villanueva Hull. I am probably butchered that name a little bit, but he's a good player as well for Maine. So those are just some players to look out for. And then goaltending-wise, they have are sort of like UConn in a way, where they've sort of rotated between two guys, Victor Ostman and Jacob Musatelli. I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing these names correctly. I'm not the biggest main hockey expert, so please forgive me on that. But my guess is Victor Osman will probably get a start since he has six games played this season. But don't be surprised to see Jacob Musatelli as well. Uh, Osman has a has one win this season, two losses, and a tie, and he has a 2.21 goals against average. Well, Musatelli has one win this season as well, two losses, and has a 3.95 goals against average. And Osman does have a shutout this year as well, so I'm assuming they're probably going to go with Osman based on reading the stats, but don't be surprised if they might rotate through to Misitelli in one of these games. But those are just some players to look out for for Maine. I don't know if you know anything about this team, if you want to comment. I know nothing about Maine, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm just looking at their schedule here. They got a tough schedule here the next two months. So they're at UConn this weekend. The following weekend, they're at Merrimack. They have a home game uh, with American. Uh, with AIC, uh, and then they're at Vermont uh, for the weekend, uh, first weekend in December. They have a home game against Canisius, and then at the end of the month they're at Colgate. So they're going to be on the bus a lot uh, these next two the, these next two months. So uh, this is going to be an interesting stretch for them, and certainly a challenging stretch for them because uh, they're going to be the, the visiting team. So um, hopefully they, uh, you know, hopefully they they do not. Uh, they don't uh, set a uh, you know set a tone here for this uh, for their road trip at UConn that they they get off to a slow start. Yeah, I, I, they're probably used to traveling because they're they I think because they all, every every road game they have to go to is like at least a five hour bus ride. So Vermont might be the only one that's closest. Yeah, I mean, Vermont's probably the closest. Yeah, but um, yeah, so that's sort of what to look out for from Maine. Now we do have one more segment to go, which is the hockey around the conference. I like doing this segment because I think it's fun. And obviously the biggest news story, in my opinion, from the conference is what's going on with Northeastern. Uh, They split against Maine last weekend at Orono, and they lost to UMass Lowell a couple weekends ago. It seems like they're starting to get off to a slow start, in my opinion. I'm curious to see how they sort of rebound from last weekend because they have the talent to be a good team in hockey. It just seems like they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. Well, but Levi's been hurt, right? He was injured for one game. He was sick. Okay. So, I, you know, sorry. So it's only one game. So I I don't know. I mean, it still feels like they have a lot of good players. They have, in my opinion, still probably the best goalie in Hockey East. So 
Uh, I'm not ready to write them off yet. I mean, yeah, they've had sort of maybe a tough start, but um, this is a team that I think can quickly find their stride. And when you have a goaltender as good as, you know, Levi is, he's, you know, even if you are struggling, he can steal you a bunch of games. So uh, I'm not ready to write off Northeastern yet. I, I think I think they're going to, they're going to be there when we're, you know, when we're rolling around into uh, late February and March. And then I think one thing that this weekend past showed me, this past weekend showed me was how close hockey is going to be. This is like the first real weekend where hockey's teams are playing against each other. And Merrimack and UMass played each other last weekend. Both of them split that series, winning one game in overtime each. And then UMass Lowell and Boston University split as well. Uh, so just, I think this is just showing how, all the teams in Hockey East are just going to be very competitive this year. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, Northeastern's only one point behind UConn, so even yeah, but they've played UConn's played um, Northeastern's played. I don't know. One last game. One last game. I'm not gonna. That's I don't know. I think it's they lost against UMass Lowell last weekend. They lost in, against Maine in a shootout last weekend. I think you would have wanted to get a win out of those two games, in my opinion, because if you're Northeastern, you're supposed to be one of the best teams in college hockey. You sort of need to be consistently dominant with the players that you have. And maybe I'm being a little too critical, but I think people are sort of giving them a free pass for struggling because I felt like I feel like if this was UConn, people would be re- hit, sort of criticizing them way too much, in my opinion. So this is sort of me like being a little bit more too critical, but I think people, obviously it's not a bad start to the season let's I'm not saying like it's like the Toronto Maple Leafs this year but I'm also not saying that it's a perfect start like you would want I feel like I expected more from this team I guess is what I'm trying to say all I can say is I'm sure Northeastern glad is you're not doing the Northeastern hockey talk because boy wow uh you that's uh that's a tough take but uh hey that's fine you uh Chris I know he's a UConn alum but he also went to Northeastern so I'm I have to add that he transferred from Northeastern UConn, but he's a UConn alum, but I feel like I need to add that as well. So that could be part of why. You've ruined my secret. <laughs> we can never talk again. So, but two splits, though, with UMass, Merrimack, and then BU, UMass Lowell, I think it just shows how competitive the conference is going to be. I know we kind of expected that, but it's. I think it was interesting to sort of see it actually happen. So you were saying, you know, how competitive it is. I mean, you're right, it's competitive, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a competitive, you know, schedule here for, for UConn. You know, I mean, you know, there's Maine, there's Providence, there's UMass Lowell. Um, I, you know, yeah, top to bottom, I, I think, you know, it's, you know, maybe some of those bottom teams not as much. But, uh, you know, I think your first, you know, for your first six or seven, um, yeah, it's your, you have, you're going to have uh, tough games every weekend. There's no easy out. And speaking of, I know we don't want to look too far ahead, but Providence absolutely, I think once they absolutely, um, uh, had a good series against UNH, but they did get five out of six points. They won a shootout on Friday night, and then they beat UNH in regulation on Saturday. I think this Providence team looks pretty good. I think they could be a top 15 team. I can see them making the tournament and obviously going on a run to win a hockey's championship. So that's something that stood out to me this weekend as well. Yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> they're going to be a good team. I mean, it's, it's uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad UConn's getting the points early in the season because you want to pad that a little bit because I think you're going to have a lot of um, you know, a lot of splits maybe, you know, hopefully, or hopefully, you know, you can get the two wins, but, you know, um, you know, looking at the schedule here, you're, you, you know, I could see a lot of splits coming up potentially. Now, last segment before we go is we do have to talk about the women's hockey team because they did get a split against Maine uh, last weekend. Uh, they lost one to nothing on Friday night and then they won two nothing on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Tia Chan had a fantastic performance. 
uh, having 80 saves in a shutout last Saturday. So pretty incredible uh, to see the performance that she had. But I think this it was good, sort of like with the men's team, it was just a good resilient series split to have. But I think the one concern I do have is, and I said this a couple weekends ago, I feel like there's you can't be you can't win games by scoring one or two goals a game. You sort of need to figure out a way to get three or four goals a game. I think that gives you the best chance to win games. So definitely something to sort of keep an keep an eye out for for uh, for the next few weekends for this women's hockey team. But it's good to see that their goaltending defense has been fantastic this season. Because uh, I know Chan had a tough game against Vermont a couple of weeks ago. To see her bounce back and have this sort of performance was at least for me good to watch and obviously yeah good to watch and see yeah for me it's like who's who's stepping up to take the places of the players that they lost uh you know uh last year so i don't know i mean defensively they look pretty good but um offensively who's you know who's stepping up who's going to be uh you know who's going to be the the players to take like you know for like Alex snodgrass and things like that that you know granted those are big skates to fill but um you know who is that i don't know yet mm-hmm. Well, they do have a weekend series against BC coming up. BC, I think it's the 15th ranked team in the country, so a good chance for the women's team to sort of kind of, what's the word, just start, turn things around a little bit and get a win against a ranked team. So that will be a fun series to keep an eye out for this weekend. But um, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Northeastern fans, if if there are any listening to them, I think this Northeastern team's good. I think they're definitely capable of winning a hockey's championship. I just think they're in a little bit of a slow start right now. Maybe that's just me, but who knows? But I just want to point that out because I don't want Northeastern fans getting mad at me. I love Northeastern. So obviously not as much as UConn, but you know what I'm trying to say. But definitely, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Chris, any final words before we end the podcast? None. You hit them all. So we'll see everybody next week. Awesome. Definitely a fun episode next week as we recap this weekend series and obviously talk about the upcoming Providence series. And then this will be Chris's last episode. Next week will be Chris's last episode. He'll be on vacation again, but we'll talk about that next week. But take care, everyone. Have a great day and enjoy the early part of November.